Hello and welcome to Game Pass Forever, a standalone segment of the Outside is Overrated podcast. Each month we dive into a new game off the Xbox Game Pass lineup as voted on by our Patreon supporters. This segment exists because of those wonderful benevolent backers on Patreon. If you enjoy this content, please visit patreon.com OIO and pledge $2 a month to support the show. Outside is Overrated is presented by Premier Health. Check out their website at premierhealthmn.com. That's premierhealthmn as in minnesota.com. With all the formalities out of the way, I'm your host, Tom Sidlachik, and I am running out of breath. (gasps) 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 (laughs) Now you're having your humping the table for some reason? I don't get it. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. (laughs) Joining me for the show today are the Hobby Box, Joe Burns. Hey, yo. And Dr. C, Casey Helene. Hey, what's going on, everybody? (laughs) For April's Game Pass Forever game, we played Inside by Playdead. Burns, do you think Inside is overrated or just Outside? I don't. Well, that is a really good question. We'll maybe get into whether inside is overrated later in the podcast. Huh? Yeah, no. Just for absolute clarity, outside is overrated. Inside is a highly regarded puzzle platformer game. It has perfect scores from IGN, The Washington Post, Time Magazine, and a 9.75 from Game Informer. You look like you wanted to say something. No, I'm just. I'm just. I have to crane my head to look at my notes. So Yeah, I'm staring at my phone because uh, we had a great moment leading up to the show. Uh, my printer is m- malfunctioning constantly. And so Casey texted me, he's like, hey, should I print out the show notes? And I immediately said, I immediately responded, yes, please, that'd be great. And then Burns at some point later said, nah, not for me. And so Casey shows up with one set of show notes. And so I could either sit on his lap and host the show or I could stare that. at my phone. You know, the thing I just thought about, is your printer's also a copier, so you could have, like, copied the notes. Yeah, that would have been sensible. Yeah, or I could have scanned them, sent them back to myself, and uh, smashed my phone into 100 million billion yeah. pieces. You know, and then wad up the notes and put them up your rectum, and then those are inside as well. Yeah, that, that inside would be overrated. <laughs> The core gameplay loop of Inside involves walking from left to right. You die a bunch of times, you solve the environmental puzzles, and then you keep walking. Bernsey, you put this game up for our monthly vote. Are you happy with the decision? Definitely. Now, I played this when it, like shortly after it came out in 2016, um, and I remember like playing through it at that point. It's just how unique and weird and interesting of an experience it is. Um, but then from like an actual gameplay perspective, it like the game itself is really well constructed, I feel like. And so I was interested to revisit it after a good amount of time, but also interested to see like what you guys would think of a game like that, it's, you know, especially since Casey doesn't play games, um, you know, and I know you play quite a few games. Uh, so I was intrigued to see what you guys would think about it. Well, I'll say unequivocally, it is better than Marvel Avengers. <laughs> this was also Play Dead Redemption because of the fact that um, we had famously put Limbo up and it wasn't on Game Pass anymore. No, you said you that are we welcome. <laughs> we put Limbo up. Well, also... Way to share the blame amongst all of us when that was Casey's blunder, not checking to see if the game he nominated was on Game Pass. Also, editorial processes didn't take place, you know, so there was a lot of blame to go around. Yeah, well, I trust you guys to put up games that are on the freaking service. (laughs) I don't think that's too much to ask. Like, I choose my game. Server must not have checked because it it won the the vote that that month. Every single one of them. 
We were excited. (laughs) I knew that this game was a critical darling, and I knew next to nothing else about it. I had actually tried playing Limbo in the past. It was a free game on PlayStation uh, Plus or PlayStation Network at some point, and so I downloaded it on the Vita. I couldn't get past the first thing like you have to jump over. Same here. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad I'm not the only idiot in the world. Yeah. Not that we're idiots. Maybe maybe that is the game. Is it just walk up to a thing and game over? I mean, it's just it's. it's We'll never know. It's it's very hard. It's a lot harder and more obtuse to play I, I, is from what I understand compared to inside yeah well I'll just never play it again Casey <laughs> we all know this was your very first video game have you ever experienced media like this before you uh, big Kafka fan <laughs> no no um, yeah the, no. the former quarterback <laughs> No, I was thinking the metamorphosis. No, okay, okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> sure. Uh, no, like, in reality, it, I mean, the closest thing that uh, I've probably played that was to this was when we played, um, oh, what the heck is the name of it? It's written right here. Ori, <laughs> Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Um, but really, like, the only similarities between that are the fact that it's a platformer and you have to solve and it's some puzzles along, along the way. Yeah, I suppose it is. Yeah. But like it's, I mean, those are really the only similarities that you're solving puzzles, and it's a kind of a side-scrolling platformer. Beyond that, it's really not very similar. So this game is extremely unique, as far as as I know. Like I can't think of anything else out there that's unique is a kind word. I think this is a weird game, mm-hmm. uh, but outside of a couple of frustrating moments with the puzzles, I really, really enjoyed it. We'll start by discussing those puzzles. Mernzi, did you have fun revisiting these puzzles, or did you find them frustrating at all? Ah, I, I did. Uh, so I, I think there's something to... Now, I, I famously have a terrible memory. Like, I'm just... I, I can't really remember a lot of things. Yeah, it's weird how you introduce yourself to me. Like, every time you come into the <laughs> podcast studio, it's like, oh, you made it? You're great. It's not that bad. It's not like I'm Drew Barrymore in 51st Dates. But uh, I, I just... I, I, I struggle to remember a lot of things. Real quick tangent before we move off of 51st Dates. Did you know that that, like, could actually happen to people? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like uh, my former boss's boss, like she ran into a guy at the airport who had his wife was basically living that. So he was hitting on my boss at an airport lounge, which was awkward. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, proceed. (laughs) (laughs) Your laugh Um, just scared my cat. Yeah, that's all right. That's good, probably. Um, So but but interestingly, I feel like as I jumped into the game, there were just certain things or certain aspects with the puzzles that like I wasn't cognitive I wasn't remembering consciously but I feel like I was just sort of naturally doing some things that are good to do in the game like you see a dog or something else you just run most of the more often than not yeah I got eaten the first time I got at yeah and so so it's like some of those things just kind of stuck with me like intuitively um and then as i got into some of the puzzles some of them i remembered like right away oh yeah i gotta do this um and then others it it, there were there were some still that i fumbled with um but i think the good thing about this game compared to some other like puzzle heavy games that i've played before um and even like puzzle platformers similar to this game uh is that it doesn't seem like too many of them until you get into like trying to find some of the secrets. It doesn't seem like too many of the puzzles, if if at all, are like super obtuse where it's like it's not like those old school like 90s adventure games where 
how the heck could you have figured out that you needed to have this one thing in your pocket like from missed. like 18 screens ago um, and have it here at this point in order to, pr- to proceed? Exactly like Mitch missed, which we discussed on a Game Pass Forever segment in December of or January of 2020. I think it was the end of 2020, 21. Could go back and listen to that in case you missed it. Absolutely. Those games are terrible and not fun. I mean, this was awesome, but, uh, you know, we, we won't rehash old discussions here. But, uh, no, I, I didn't have too many problems with the puzzles. There were still some that were tricky, and it took a little while to figure out what I needed to do to get through it. Um, but I feel like it was a quicker playthrough than my first one. Sure. And Casey, you waited until this week to ask, what game were we playing for Game Pass Forever? And then you rushed through it. Uh, did your big brain get frustrated with any of these puzzles, or did you have a gay old time? Uh, yeah, I don't remember feeling too frustrated. Um, for the most part, it was, you know, not 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 that it wasn't challenging, but I, I feel like it was. They did a really good job of of mixing things up as we were going along. So like. Most of the time, yeah, go ahead. Well, I just want to make the point that you're frustratingly good at, like, everything. Like, everything you do, like, just seems to come naturally to you, and it drives me freaking crazy. (laughs) Is it the same way with puzzles, or did some of these really make you stop and think and, like, work your way through? Um, I generally think I'm decent at puzzles. Like, Of course, you're decent at everything. You can (laughs) bake a cake for crying out loud and win a baking competition. I I feel like this game did a pretty good job of when you were presented with a puzzle, you could kind of see the end goal. So it's more like almost like a maze than anything. And then you just have to like figure out the little pieces that need to go to accomplish what you need to do in the end. So like there's a lever, a switch is on, something happens. Okay, cool. I can see that. Or you just kind of notice little different things in, in the landscape where maybe a bar is angled a certain way and you are sliding down and like, okay, why isn't that straight? Uh, Oh, look at, I can dip my toes in the water and I can make this merman swim towards me. Like it's just (laughs) things like that that like, it takes you a couple of times to to, to happen or for it to kind of click. But once you, once you see it, it, it just, it does click. And like, I just, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of like good at seeing that sort of stuff, I guess. I don't know. The thing that I loved about Inside and the thing that I think they were particularly masterful about was giving you all the tools to complete what you needed to complete. Like there's nothing that drives me more crazy than in a game like Misty. Go back to that comparison. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what tools were in the toolbox. I didn't mm-hmm. know if I needed to pick up this thing. I didn't know if what this switch attached to within Inside, like Generally speaking, everything you needed was like right on the screen or easily accessible. They always gave you the tools to solve the puzzle. So it was just could you figure it out or not? I think the other thing that they that shows sort of some of their mastery, um, I'm sure that they learned a lot of from Limbo, is as the game progresses, it builds on like the things that you did with the last puzzle tend to be something that you have to do, but then like do an extrapolation of that or an advancement of that with the next puzzle kind of thing. And so you're continuing to learn as you're going through the game. It's like teaching you, okay, this is how you solve this type of puzzle. And then now when you're presented with a couple of these things, you sort of mix some of these uh, these processes together to solve a more complicated puzzle like this. And I think as it goes through, um, until it gets to a certain point, it's like everything's sort of building off of what happened previously uh and then you know things change a little bit and 
all the old rules are kind of thrown out the window and you just kind of revel in the chaos of it for a while too <laughs> that chaos is great yes it is uh casey you made a note in our show notes here about a puzzle that i liked uh how long did it take you to get into the flow of this game i got stuck early on with a particular puzzle that involved little chickens hmm. yeah i mean I, I, that puzzle i admittedly and there's a few others that i completely gumped my way past um <laughs> i walked all the way back through the cornfield with those guys oh, really? like, <laughs> how far do i need to like i knew they were involved somehow and yeah. they're just following me around like i walked an entire stage to the left there were a few others like that too where i'm like i'm missing something so i, I would go back but like i knew like i wouldn't there, there was never a point in time where i'm like i have to go back screen after screen after screen i knew whatever I needed was was usually within a screen or two, so I didn't go all the way through the cornfield. Mm -hmm. But I flipped that lever up and down probably 10-plus times. And I'm like, oh, man. You could see the hay bale up top. I'm like, I, again, like they do a really good job of like showing you what you need to do. You just have to figure out the little steps of doing it. Mm -hmm. So the hay bale's up there. You flip a lever, and you can see like there's stuff shooting out of this. I don't even know what it is. Some sort of farm implement. Yeah, it's um, a contraption. I don't think it's yeah. actual farm implement. They <laughs> usually cotton don't gin, have. I think you know, Eli Whitney so, designed it. Well, I don't know what a cotton gin does or looks like. So okay. <laughs> and then I just so happened, like one of the eleventh, twelfth times that I flipped this lever, the little chickens that were next to me happened to be in the right spot. They get sucked into the machine, get chucked flying out out, out the top, and smack the hay bale, and down comes the bale. I was like. Oh, all right, cool. And then you move on to the next yeah. next puzzle. Like it's a, so that was the moment that I was in on this game. Yeah, there were there were a couple other times like that too, where you just kind of like, all right, I'm gonna try this. Okay, no, all right, and then like yeah, you just kind of luck your way into it a couple times too. But I think one of the other ones that stands out to me is when you get kind of like in the middle. Maybe this is like two thirds of the way through the game, and you have like the water level uh, areas where it's like you part of the stage is like submerged in water but that's on top and then on the bottom it's like controlled by normal gravity and then you kind of learn how to manipulate that in one of the rooms and like how that changes difference and, and it, it took me a while to figure out okay where do i need to put this box so that i can get on the one side and i tried like putting it underneath a door so that when it would close it would stay open but that didn't really solve it and so i thought that was kind of that was an interesting way to introduce that and then that like kind of permeated forward a couple of uh scenes later um and, and like played a little bit more of a role in there and i thought that was pretty neat yeah that was one of the other ones where i spent a lot of time in that room just like adjusting water levels like thinking that the solution to the puzzle yeah. was only in that room yeah and i'm like all right after about 10 minutes i'm like there's gotta be something else and then i exit out the door and i'm like oh there's a box all right so i pull the box in and i'm like okay now i got it <laughs> That was a cool puzzle. That was uh, a cool puzzle. I just wanted to note that the dogs and the mer people were surprisingly frustrating. They were brutal in this game. Like, I was initially jarred by how brutal the game was. Like, anytime something catches you, like, you die an awful mm -hmm. death. It's like, oh, well, that's a, that's a very strong thing to do to this, like, young boy character. It kind of... Well, I don't know if it made sense at the end, but we can get into that just a little <laughs> bit later. Uh, general question for you guys. Did you have to look up any of the puzzles? I did not. Not until it was trying to find the secrets. Um, all the all the puzzles throughout the game. Um, and I don't think the first time either I had to look up any of the puzzles, but that was ages ago. And as I said, I have a terrible memory, so I don't <laughs> remember for sure, but I don't think so. Sure. I didn't have to look up any either, but I was close on one particular puzzle that Casey referenced earlier. You have to... 
uh, lure this mer person away and like you trigger a switch which sends this automated hook to the end of its platform and then it brings it back and I couldn't quite grasp what exactly I was trying to do because anytime I tried to swim somewhere the mer person drowned me which was super frustrating mm-hmm. I was like one or two tries away from saying mer people suck in the group chat and uh, looking it up but I, <laughs> I managed to make it through uh, favorite puzzles casey you liked one that was rather not convoluted but one of the more involved puzzles in the game yeah it was just a a, a big a multi-level puzzle that you had to solve kind of mini puzzles so you had to there was a platform and there was a number up above the number said 19 and you're like okay what the heck is that so then like <laughs> as you kind of explore you gather up these little zombie characters which i don't know if they're zombies or what they are but i don't have a really better word of describing them other than zombies they reminded me of crash test dummies that's kind of what i saw them as you know from like the what early 90s or whatever that they had on the tv shows and yeah once you started controlling them i viewed them as clones like to me i saw them as clones i didn't realize the protagonist's role within cloning they never really explain it so uh, we'll get into the ending in a spoiler section at the very tail end of the podcast. Are they robots or androids? <laughs> <laughs> Neither, because they're completely organic. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I really, really like that puzzle. Um, just all the like the, the just the mini puzzles in in between it to try to figure out where you gather up all the. Well, you, you eventually figure out that you have to bring it's. 18 of these zombies plus yourself onto this platform to open up a door to move on to the next level. But just getting all the people and all the different stuff that you have to do to get those and then having this giant mob of 18 zombies like stumbling and bumbling and and lifting you up into different areas. And Mm -hmm. it it was just a a pretty fun experience. I thought it was pretty cool in that segment when I realized that like they would lift you up and you could jump higher once they boosted you. Like that was cool. I'm like, oh. This game's awesome. I like this. The interesting aspect of that, too, is one of the secrets is in that elevator. And what you have to do is you have to trigger the elevator when some of the dudes aren't on it yet. So they're on top because you need to have guys on the bottom to lift you up and then guys on top to lift you up to this cord that goes up to another area. It's 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 really it's a really neat puzzle how that all works. That's um, awesome. Did you find that out or did you have to look, I it up? look that one up? Yeah, that, there was three of the secrets that I found kind of on my own, and one of them because all the secrets are tied to trophies or achievements, and uh, like one of them that I had found was like eighty percent of people found it. So I'm guessing it was like a secret that was like on the path, sure. you know. Um, but a couple of the other ones that I had found on my own were like 20-ish percent. So some of the more found ones, a lot of them were like more like in the 10%, 12% um, achieved range. And so um, those ones are a little bit more tricky to find. Some of them are like, I don't know how you would have found it. Like, because there's no real clue in the game per se to find. Yeah, it would have been impossible. Like you had to look them up. Yeah. I found three in my playthrough. One was early on, like the first time you swam, I backtracked a little bit and found it. Uh, There was one that I found in a larger puzzle area around where the gravity starts flipping. I thought it was the path forward and it turns out it was just Mm -hmm. the path to a secret. And I forget where the third one I found, but I found three in the actual playthrough. And then after looking up the alternate ending, I saw two more in that that I went and got real quick. Gotcha. Yeah, I only found three and I have no idea what they were. (laughs) I didn't even know I had secrets and then you showed me your screen shot of how long it took you to play so i looked up mine and was like oh i found three secrets cool no (laughs) idea what they were (laughs) all right nice job in your first game ever (laughs) 
in Inside, you play as a young boy trying to break into a facility where some freaky stuff is going on. There are all these pale, pasty dudes, zombies, or clones all over the place. Casey, what were your impressions of the story? We're all narrative-driven gamers. Inside doesn't have a line of spoken di- dialogue. Like, was there a story here that you enjoyed? As I was playing it, I thought it was really good. Um, like you said, the some of the like the death scenes to me were like totally shocking, and it's kind of crazy how much emotion and suspense can can build up in a game that has no dialogue. But you really felt that, you know. Mm-hmm. And then as the game progressed and we got closer and closer to the end, and the weirdness happened. Um, <laughs> and then we got all the way to the end. I felt, I don't know, I just kind of felt unsatisfied with how everything happened. Um, I wanted to see why this kid was getting shot, why he was getting mm-hmm. mauled. Like, what, what, he's a kid, for God's sakes. Like, why are you, you know, like, cause these deaths were like super violent. Like, <laughs> why is he getting into this, this facility? Is he trying to rescue somebody in there? Is he trying to do something? You know, like, are they setting attack dogs on him? Yeah. yeah. Like, what, so, like I expected there to be more than what happened at the end of this. Like the, the end, it was super fun to play that section and like just super bizarre off the wall. Uh-huh. Um, some of the like the funnest, most fun parts in the game were were in that section. But after it happened, I was just kind of like, "There's got to be more. There's got to be more." Like he's gonna come out of this somehow, and we're gonna find out more. And, and it never did. And yep. it just ended, and I was kind of like. Huh. That was weird. <laughs> it's very abstract. It is. It's 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 very open ending um or open ended, but what I what I enjoyed about the game and, and you know like you said Tom we're very narrative focused and like the story in video games are some of the things that I enjoy the most and like that usually includes like the dialogue and and you know voice acting and everything like that, but with this it's like there's there's no dialogue throughout the entire game yet it tells a really intriguing and compelling story that makes you want to see it through now maybe part of that is knowing that it's a shorter game like if this was an 18 hour experience and (laughs) you don't have any dialogue maybe that gets annoying by the end of it but for what it was uh I thought it was a really it was it was really fun to play through that and to experience a story in that way uh and I don't know. I think that's part of what adds to the uniqueness of it. And I think also, like you've said, masterful before, I mean, sometimes words are a crutch, right? And, you know, sometimes you can say a lot more by not saying much, or you can say a lot more by not saying anything at all. And and it's a lot, it's, it's harder to try to craft a story that way. Cause you know, when you don't have the dialogue to carry it through, you just have what's going on in all these other pieces, um, trying to carry that forward. And, and that's tricky to do. Yeah, it's tricky to do, but they did wonderfully with it. Uh, the sound, de- sound design in this game was phenomenal. Uh, there was a puzzle that I got stuck on earlier that Casey really struggled with, uh, but I eventually realized there was an audio cue for when to jump and when to avoid this like sonic boom that was killing me over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, I caught on to that pretty quickly too, but it still didn't make it any less <laughs> difficult. Um, the part that I struggled with, like sneaking around and flipping up the barriers wasn't bad, but the section where you had to flip the lever and there was a 
like a, a barrier that was on like a clock basically it was like going clockwise and you had to stop it at a certain time and release it at a certain time so you could climb up the ladder while it was moving because mm-hmm. at first i'm like okay you just stop it on the ladder but then you go up and there's nothing to block you from the sound on the other end and you just get blown off the mm-hmm. thing so, so it was it was a struggle to figure out like okay where do i stop this where do i start this uh, to make it all the way through um but eventually yeah it, it Again, you knew what you had to do. You just had to figure it out. I feel like the whole design of that level was just around that they really liked those sound bombs that were in Star Wars, and they wanted to craft a, like a level that's all around that <laughs> kind of thing because that's what it reminded me of was, you know, every time that blew up, it created the force, and you're just like Rah! flying away. Yeah, little bits and pieces of a child flying through the air. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> Again, gruesome deaths. Yeah. Good, wholesome fun. <laughs> Indeed. We already talked about secrets. Did we have anything else that we wanted to say? There are secrets hidden across the different boards. I forget how many there are to find. 12 or 15? I think it's like 13 of them or something like that. Yeah, and if you find all of them, you unlock a secret ending. We'll talk about our thoughts on the actual ending of this game and the secret ending after we wrap up the rest of the podcast. So if you want to hear what we think about this very abstract story, we'll dive into the spoiler section after we wrap up. I would say um, if you haven't played it yet and you're listening to this, um, I'd highly recommend like going through and experiencing it first um, before like listening to us talk about it. Uh, just because I, I think it's, it's so interesting and unique that I really feel like hearing about it and then playing it like it would cheapen that i mean you could have given me one thousand guesses to guess what (laughs) the hook in this game was Uh um and i would not have landed on what it was (laughs) yes no it was it's out there that's for sure (laughs) well without spoiling the ending which we'll do a little bit later our overall thoughts impressions and takeaways from inside bernsey we'll start with you you'd played this game before you came back to it now you played we all played it through completion Mm mm-hmm masterpiece yeah it's you know and i was worried that i was overselling it when i was pitching it in the discord after we posted the poll up um but it it truly is one of the if not the most unique game i've ever played now granted there's puzzle platformers out there but i think the way that they do it and the way that it goes together um is just is just truly unique in the story that it's telling or your interpretation of the story that it's telling uh is also unique uh, and I, it's one of the most well-regarded independent games that have been made, and so I think it's I think it's it's something that everybody should experience. It's short enough, which means it's accessible to play, um, and I don't think there's anything that requires like twitch reflexes really or anything like that that would make it difficult for people to be able to play. It's relatively accessible as long as you can play puzzle games and think through puzzles yeah you don't have to be casey to play this game any big dumb idiot can bumble their way through and get through these environmental puzzles There's three three buttons that you need in this game forward backwards jump and interact that's four well it's the direction pad is one button i count it as one. Oh well forward and back are different buttons so uh whatever well if you use the analog stick yeah there you go see analog stick what now what tom now what now you need one stick and two buttons also not what you said (laughs) 
I will. You may you may outfox me in every other aspect of our life except for fantasy football, but I will crush you on semantics, my friend. You don't know though the way he was holding the controller. It might have just been like it might have just been like three buttons. Yeah. Did you have to like remap it so you could work the stick with your mouth? <laughs> Come on, master. Casey, did you enjoy your time with this very abstract puzzle game? Yeah, I thought it was a, a really, really fun experience, um, and I can definitely see why it got a ton of praise. It was very well made. Like you said, Tom, the sound design uh, was probably one of the best that we've played with, I think. Um, and we've talked about in the past some of the really poor games and how like the sound design ruined that, and you definitely don't get any of that in this game. Uh, it was it, it was fun. Um so the the ending was the only thing that I'm like okay interesting like I was expecting <clears throat> expecting more but I, at the same time it didn't for me take away from the experience of getting there and and that was a joy the entire time. I think the other thing that we haven't touched on that I that always just strikes me about this game like each time that I've played it is like the animations and you know granted it's not like it's a unique animation every time you jump because it's the same animation but it's like the transition between animations like when you're grabbing things and then you stop grabbing things or you start moving and then you stop moving there's just like a interesting fluidity to it that just like looks good i don't know what it is or why but like that's one thing after playing this again that like stuck with me again and i remember thinking that before is it's just like it just it, the animation of it just looks so interesting. And to build on that point, it's not just the animation from like jumping from a ledge to a ladder, climbing up a thing to a rope. It is how seamlessly the environments blend together. Like you work from the wilderness on the left side of the map through a farm, through this industrial complex. You go through these underwater ruins and like everything just makes so much sense as you're moving from beat to beat. There's no loading in between the different areas. Like it just, mm -hmm. this game is phenomenally well crafted. Yeah. Two big things that I wanted to bring up with my final thoughts. A, Burns, you touched on this. It's very accessible. Mm -hmm. uh, I spent six and a half hours with this game. Casey, four and a half, and Burns, you played on PlayStation, so I couldn't creep on your stats for the game. But anyone can fit that in over some length of time. Like, a busy person with a busy life may not be able to fully embrace Horizon Forbidden West. Like, right. there's so much game there. Like, you can spend 80 to 100 hours, and a lot of people in our situation and our state of life just can't do that right mm -hmm. now inside is something that anyone literally anyone can play and a second point that i thought was interesting it is something that you could really onboard someone who doesn't play video games with because mm -hmm. the control scheme like <laughs> i was poking at casey for is very accessible um move left to right jump grab buttons very easy uh if you die you never go too far back so like yeah. it's something that you could easily pass the controller with a partner who doesn't really play games it's something that you could really share with a non-gamer as a way mm -hmm. to share the hobby and the last thing that i want to point out is just that i am very conservative with how i spend my gaming dollars like i'm a very frugal gamer uh outside of the podcast i think that inside is a game that anyone anyone should buy mm -hmm. anyone should buy and support these developers because it's such an interesting thing i don't know what the price point is because we all played it on game pass but like if you have a platform and you're at all interested buy inside i'm guessing it's fairly inexpensive because i'm pretty sure it's a mobile game too i think yeah I'm like i don't know how it would play on a tablet or a phone like obviously not as well as on playstation or xbox and you'd be missing out probably on a lot of like the graphical mastery and sound and everything that this game has so i wouldn't recommend yeah. playing it that way however if you do um 
it's got to be fairly cheap and i would bet that the xbox and playstation price is reflects that as well yeah i, I believe it's 15 dollars um don't quote me on that and there's absolutely no way that we can confirm that right now but yeah i, think it's I mean we're not all touching like phones and tablets and <laughs> recording on a computer so what am i touching tom <laughs> I'm you're touching my ding dong my friend i like it <laughs> buy inside <laughs> <laughs> would have been, it would have been funnier with what you had said before that if you said get inside <laughs> get inside it's not overrated uh inside it's a great game if you're at all interested in what we've talked about buy this game and support the developers because this is a one-of-a-kind kind of gem uh from this we are moving on to play civilization 6 for game pass forever next month civilization 6 is the newest installment in the award-winning civilization franchise expand your empire advance your culture and go head-to-head against history's greatest leaders will your civilization stand the test of time bernsey you put up civ 6 why (laughs) (laughs) so i i mean i've played civ i've played lots of civ games um you know, over time, and it's 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 very different than things that we've played recently, and so I thought that that would be interesting. I also kind of want to see like what Casey would think about that game, um, just because of you know it's you... just this big, you know, this is like a binder for fantasy football. So I, I'm intrigued to see what Casey thinks about about this. I, I can tell you straight up already because I've already played probably about five hours of this game. I bought it. I don't know, two plus years ago for Switch. I'm terrible at it. Um, I think it's I think it's too big. I think there's too much, and I don't think my brain can like process it all at one time. It gets overloaded, and I'm just like, ah, like, I don't know. So like, it'll be interesting to see uh, my second go around with it because I yeah I haven't picked it up since I. I frustratingly, I don't know, I just kept losing and I kept losing bad and it was, I don't know. It was, you kept attacking everything. I played yeah, a little exactly. on Switch. That was also my first experience. Didn't care for it all. I got it as a free game, I think on Epic at some point and I played it on PC. Liked it much, much more on PC. So we'll see which platform I actually end up spending more time on with Civilization VI. If you, uh, I'm going to wrap up the show here, and then we're going to jump into our spoiler discussion. So if you're interested in the story, the crazy thing that happens 90% of the way through and the very abstract ending of this game, stick around after we say we're leaving, because we're not. I'm a liar. <laughs> if you enjoy this content, please back our show on Patreon. This standalone segment, Game Pass Forever, is tied to a specific tier of support. You can back us for as little as $2 a month. Check it out at patreon.com slash OIO. And once you back the show, you have access to actually vote on the games that we play for Game Pass every month. Thank you so much for listening. For Joey Burns at HobbyBoxBurns on Twitter. For Dr. C at Dr. Underscore Casey on Twitter. I'm Thompson Logic at ThompsonLogicOIO. We'll catch you next month. Stay inside. All right, we are... Still here to talk about spoilers for Inside. We're staying inside. Yeah, we're staying inside to talk about Inside. I would desperately like to string together another Inside, but I got nothing. <laughs> Just didn't have anything left inside you, huh? Yeah, uh, no, and uh, no Donovan Casey jokes came to mind. <laughs> Thompson technique. <laughs> Logan technique. Logan. I Logan. Say Thompson. Just I think Wolverine. That's a different, that's a different chiropractor. Oh, okay. Oh, not as invasive. No, I actually like it. I, I like that. That one I have actually done before. (laughs) 
I could let you expand, but we'll just keep going. Uh, I wanted to talk about this, some spoilery stuff with Inside. Towards the end of the game, you're trekking this whole game from left to right to try to get inside this facility where this kooky experiment is going on. You end up in this holding tank, and then there's this big blob of humanish matter with, like, uh, it's a big blob with arms and legs and stuff sticking out of it. And, like, the boy jumps into the middle of it, and then suddenly... It's blob mode for the rest of the game. You're inside. You are inside. It's like, oh, that's what the point of this game was. Get into the blob. The files are inside the computer? (laughs) We've known it for so long. And then as the blob, you break out of this facility. You roll down a big mountainous hill. You land on a sunny beach. The end. Like, I got to that point and I texted you guys because I couldn't move anymore. I'm like, I think I beat it. Yeah. Oh, credits. Hey. Okay, cool. I did it. The blob is by far the most fun part of the game. You know, kind of like I alluded to before, uh, it's like you're, you're sort of building this structure of these are the rules and this is how you like increasingly figure out how to fix these puzzles. And it's so methodical. Yeah. Everything's building and like you're just mo- making your way methodically from yeah. left to right and then blob mode. It's just, yeah. it's just all about motion and smashing <laughs> and going through things. And like my favorite moment, my favorite moment is you get into this area. This is like, uh, it's not quite near the end, but it's getting closer to the end. You get into this area and it's like, this is like where the foreman or like the supervisor manager boss or whatever is. And he's got this big like windowed office and he's like cowering against the window. And like, he falls, like you like run into him and then you smash him on the ground as you land. It's so funny. Well, you're kind of underselling it. Like you run into him (laughs) and you crush him with your mask. You burst through the window and then you fall down the skyscraper and like, destroy him yep. disintegrate him into the pavement <laughs> yeah. and then and then you have this red spot on part of the blob until you go into the water and it washes off and it's just like i don't know it's just so inter- it's so weird and it's so different than what you're doing the rest of the game and i don't know it it just adds a way different spice to the experience i think the ending is just so wild like you're smashing into walls and smashing through them like the hulk and it's just mm-hmm. it's fascinating but what does it mean like what what is happening in this game what is what are you actually trying to do who is the protagonist like what is this boy that we're playing the entire game i don't know and that's why i am frustrated by what happened because i wanted to know (laughs) and there is no unless it's in the alternate ending that that i didn't look up but it's uh, all my questions were definitely unanswered by the end of it and i'm like okay because the, the other thing that happened so like three quarters of the way up until right before you're the blob really everything is trying to kill you in this game mm-hmm. and then you get to that point and like all of a sudden nobody kills you anymore so the blob is too much to handle no man can no, face the blob you, not even it's before that though like and i don't know if you guys did but like there's that scene like where you walk up to it and and they're all like mm-hmm. faces pressed to the glass yep right you can walk right up to the glass and like you can put your face on the glass. Yeah. You can't see what's in there, but nobody around you is trying to get you. They're mm-hmm. all just I don't know, fixated on the blob or something. So I don't know if they just no longer care about you or I thought what. they were all clones. No, they're all like doctors and stuff. Yeah, those guys aren't like the white dudes. They're all like they look like office workers or yeah. or other workers, you know. And they all of a sudden don't give a bleep about you they just i don't know so that it's kind of weird that because everything completely changed and even before that there's mm-hmm. a part where you're walking through and there's workers in the background that normally like you'd have to sneak by and like hide in light and shadow and, yeah. and things and you can just walk right on by and they don't they don't care about you so well, it's, it's very interesting and, and 
And the really weird things that happen then also after that is that there, there's times when you're like moving around as a blob and some of the puzzles that you have to solve as you go through and like they're actually actively helping you. Um, now, eventually, that's probably because they're trying to capture you um, because you get to the last part where it's like this thing that's hovering over this hole that you know is going to open up in the ground like it's a you know a villain's lair in like any old like cliched movie um and so you just sit there and you try to grab this thing and then it finally opens up and drops you um you know through into this water chamber that you need to tear apart to get out of you know hulk-esque you know uh i like tearing apart that water chamber oh yeah i tore every single piece of wall that i could off of it before i exited out of it because it's just so fun to just like (laughs) (laughs) and again like the animation on that thing is so weird and interesting like as it like every now and again it'll roll over because of how you stop or whatever and then a different set of legs poke out of it to run uh and it's just it's so weird and strange and like you said with the sound too it's like it's like just cacophonous amount of different voices inside of it that are kind of smothered because it's all inside of the thing there's no mouth going outward from the blob it's just so weird and interesting but but it's so cool at the same time. I don't know. It was the like wackiest experience. Yeah. Now the secret ending, I'll explain it to you. So we'll see if this like colors what your perspective is on the overall meaning of the game then. So you, you find all these secrets and the secrets in the game are like these, they look almost like sea mines, but they're not, they're like some sort of electronic, communication device each one of them has like a yellow cable that's plugging them into something and they're making noise until you rip a chunk off of it and it deactivates it and if you deactivate all of those secrets you end up getting into an area and it has like a board that has a list of all of them before you explain the end of it to get into that area you need to match there's a switch and each position on the switch will play a note not that area oh not that area not Sorry. that area no so at, at the end, the, the last secret that you can get into and deactivate, then you like walk down a path and then you sort of see this like, because the last one is in, you go up into what looks like a, it looks like kind of a cliched 80s like spaceship or something like that. And that's where the final one is that you pull off of there. And there's a board that's tracking everything. And you see that there's still a light activated where the second secret was. I'm almost positive I got that that one. Oh, really yeah yeah i didn't get that one and then there's a board with all the lights yeah. on it yep yeah so there's one last light that's still lit um even though there was a secret there that you already deactivated and so you go back there and yeah there's this panel there's a door protecting it and it's got uh like a switch on it with four different positions and each position plays a different note and you yeah. have to match a song that was playing in one of the other areas oh wow yeah. and like it's not like up down left right it is like up up left 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 right left right left up down up down yeah. left right oh my goodness each direction is a tone and so there was one of the secrets before you deactivate it is making that tone or there's something next to one of them that's making that tone there's no way I would have like figured that out wow. if it wasn't like a guy doing it. Yeah, the YouTube yeah. video I saw just put it all up on the screen. I'm like, oh, yeah, you'd never figure yep. that out. Yep. Not so- even Casey's big brain. <laughs> no, no chance. And so once you unlock that, you walk down this like very lengthy like tunnel and then hall uh, and like open hallway, uh, and eventually you get to like a wall that has a hole in it, and there's another thing to sort of pull loose, and once you pull that plug out 
you, similar to how, like, the clones or the zombies or whatever you want to call them, when you would take your head out of the thing, they would just sort of slump down. Their heads would, like, slump down. That's what your character does, and that's the end. What? <laughs> you deactivated yourself, apparently. So, first point, you can't mind control zombies. That's just a stupid idea. So clearly they're clones. I, sure. I don't I mean, I don't know what they were. I just didn't have a term for them, so zombies was the term that I was going to call them. Um, so, yeah, it's equally as like, okay, what's the meaning of that then? As it is that you're just, you know, this blob sunning yourself at the edge of a creek or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It was, I don't, yeah, it was just very, very unfulfilling for me. Like I, after everything, the the thing that really gets me is maybe I wouldn't feel as bad if it wasn't a child, but like the whole thing, like it's a, it's a kid you're playing with the whole time and you've seen him die violently mm-hmm. multiple times. You really want to know, or like you want something good to happen to him at the end. It did. He made it home. He made it inside. It's a giant blob of goo. Well, so that's where one of the theories. So I, I, I don't know. I sat and thought for a while. I think even originally when I played it and didn't really come up with what I thought. Yeah. I wouldn't have played Elden Ring. <laughs> no, I immediately is, turned it off. I'm talking about like in 2016 yeah. when I played it and was thinking about it too. Um, so I looked around online and saw some people talking about it. And one of like the prevailing theories that a lot of people are sort of leaning on is that the boy was always supposed to be part of the blob. And that's why he was running into there and was drawn to it. And that's why when he like goes over there, he so quickly and easily gets subsumed into it um, is because of that fact and he is the one that completes it and makes it sort of like the the functional being that it is so like if if you notice when you're there it has like four things plugged into it yeah. that look a lot like the helmet things that you put on to control the clones right yep. and so that was it kind of pulling you towards it supposedly is what a lot of people's theory is about it and then once you become a part of it then that's why everything's different after that it controls different because you've kind of evolved to this sort of next level of of of, of being interesting so to speak and so the so, brain was somewhere offside and the brain had to walk its way back something like that yeah interesting yeah you know and so then that made me think well so then what if like you know, you're not like just like in a video game popping back to wherever it is that you spawn from after you die, but it's like it's a different boy every time, and this is like how many tries it took for it to oh. complete, right? Hmm. So, like, what if that's what it is, you know? So it's almost like there's an infinite line of this boy, and like it just picks up. Well, yeah, maybe multiple clones, and he's just, like, the next level of clone, and he was separated from it because they were worried about what would happen if he got in there. But then Rightly that, so, apparently. That's But then that's why all the other scientists were so distracted by it, because it's like, if you're a scientist working with this and studying this blob thing, and you know that this is what's going to happen, and it seems like there's no way to stop it, wouldn't you just sort of, well, what's going to happen, you know, and watch it, you know? Um, I'd go home. I'd get, <laughs> I'd get the heck away from the facility. I guess I could. I can. I can buy that because um, it fulfills everything. Yeah. Um, 
it would explain why they would want to stop him, I guess, from becoming a part of it if they don't want to unleash this yeah. potential monster or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Now there's, it's not really a happy ending, but I could buy that. There's other people that It's think, happy for the blob. It just wanted a place in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, sitting outside. It's like a cat. It just wants the sun itself. Yeah. You know? And you can't do that when you're... You it's know, the, literally the only ray of sunshine in this game, too. Like, Yeah. That's true. That is true. Um, so, I don't know. That was just super interesting to me. Um, so... Anything, what do you, did you have any thoughts on what it was? Or you literally were just like, I'm going to go play Elden Ring now. I'm not going to think about it ever again. <laughs> There's the latter. It's like, oh good, I beat it. I can talk about this on the show now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was so abstract. Like, I, uh, one of the ways that my brain works is I'm good at scanning the data that's in front of me and mm-hmm. making a snap judgment and living or dying with that. It's okay. Like, you know, I can live... I'll make the decision that I have with the data that's available and we'll just go forward with that. This game doesn't really have that. So it's like, I don't know how to make a decision on like what I experienced. Like, oh, well, that was a weird thing that happened. Yeah. All right, let's go grind some souls. <laughs> <laughs> so a tangent, if you, if you will allow me. Yeah, we got all night. So um, on the way home today, uh, as I was driving from Wabasha back home. Um, this giant blob smashed into your car. No, no, like, no. It's real. Oh god, I swore on this one. <laughs> so I was I was listening to a podcast about uh, AI, uh, and so then that got me to thinking. Well, like, how would Chat GPT explain the ending uh, of Inside and what it means? Friends, so, I love you. So when I got home, I threw it into there, um, and so this is kind of after a little bit of like prodding. This Prompting. is what I got to. So, the ending of Inside is deliberately enigmatic and open to interpretation, leaving players to speculate about its meaning. Some players interpret the ending as a representation of the boy's transformation into a new, unknown form of life, possibly transcending the confines of the oppressive facility and finding freedom in nature. The motionless blob could be seen as a metaphor for a new beginning, an evolution, or an ambiguous conclusion to the boy's journey. It's worth noting that Inside intentionally avoids providing explicit explanations for its story and encourages players to interpret the events and themes in their own way. As such, the ending of the game is open to various interpretations and players may have different perspectives on its meanings based on the individual interpretations and experiences. So yeah, basically just... uh, Well, I missed the paragraph, so... um, Da-da-da... No, no, that no, that was that was that was what I was looking for. Um, so, what do, what do you think the ending of the game means? That was just describing the game. Um, one interpretation of the ending of Inside is that it represents a metaphorical escape from oppressive systems. The boys merging with the blob and subsequent journey through different environments could symbolize breaking free from the confinements and controls of the facility, representing a liberation from oppressive forces or societal norms. The motionless blob at the end could be seen as a moment of ambiguity where the boy's transformation is open to interpretation. Some players speculate that the boy has evolved into a new form of life, possibly transcending human existence, while others see it as a representation of the boy's sacrifice or stasis, leaving the ultimate outcome open to interpretation. Another interpretation is that the ending represents a commentary on the cycle of life and death. The blob could be interpreted as a representation of life or rebirth, while its motionless state at the end could symbolize death or the end of the cycle. And then it repeats sort of the ending of Inside Intentionally Open to Interpretation, blah, 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 blah. I think that we were playing as a blob and we were trying to draw the boy in so that we could break free. Well, so 
after having that conversation, well, conversation, you know, <laughs> interaction with AI. Oh, do you talk to the computer a lot, Burns? <laughs> yes, all the time. Um, I'm talking to a computer right now, technically, you know, and microphone goes into computer, you know. Yeah, you're talking it. to me, Burns. Yeah, well, you We're are, making eye contact. You're a very sophisticated computer. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but, so then I started thinking, well, if something's left open to interpretation, like... It, yeah, it could really mean anything if you tried hard enough to find a meaning for it, right? But part of me also sort of was thinking about, like, are there connections to me, like, interfacing with this AI and poking and prodding it and trying to get it to give me the answer that I want? And in some ways, is that like, is that like the bob, the blob trying to pull, like, the boy to it? Um, and so it ended up like turning into this weird thing. It was like, okay, is this similar to this situation? Um, and so then I asked the AI that, and I was like, could it be construed that, you know, our interaction is emblematic of the ending of this? And it went on like a little bit more of a rant about how, yeah, you know, the blob could be, you know, you and, and trying to figure out how to manipulate the AI to give you an answer, or blah, 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 you know, and yeah. stuff like that. And, and it's, that, it's just, it was an intriguing sort of moment of thinking about that. And it's like, I could see that being something similar to that you could make a parallel between anyway. Yeah. And then after that, you and ChatGPT had a nice dinner. You made some pasta, <laughs> a little red wine. So literally, it was like two hours of me after having that conversation. I started going through all other different tangents with the AI, which was just, it was just weird. So like I started asking it to tell me jokes and a couple of them were actually pretty good. And some of them were just bad. They were just terrible. But then <laughs> one of the funniest things was I randomly was just like, what's the opening line of mall rats. And it just gave me, it said it was by Brody, but it gave me just this nonsense answer. I was like, okay, that's not a quote from Mallrats. I double-checked, and I was like, oh, yeah, my cousin Walter. That's that's how it starts. I thought that that's how it started. So I, I told it that's not the correct thing. And then it's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't get that right. And then it gave me the correct quote, like the beginning of the correct quote. You know, my cousin Walter got this cat stuck in his woo-hoo, you know. Um, <laughs> but then it attributed it to T.S. Quint, and I was just like, no, Brody said that, but that is the correct line. It's like, oh yeah, sorry, I was confused. And then it like said the entire like first paragraph, huh. uh, and it was just like, it, it's just so. It was just interesting, like testing what it would get right, what it would get wrong, um, and just sort of messing around with that. Just imagine 10,000 years from now, some alien species <laughs> uncovers Earth, finds the remnants of chat GPT, and like, just looks through our queries in it. <laughs> Why did this dude care about mall rats? <laughs> <laughs> well, then it like went down a tangent where I asked it to, um, to give me like the best like Michael Scott quotes from The Office. And so, and it was funny because it would like say the quote and for some of them, like that's what she said. It would like explain like why that was memorable or whatever. So then I had it give me its best jokes that had a punchline of that was she said. That's what she said. And none of them made sense. Like it was just a random stupid joke with that's what she said at the end of it. Hmm. So I don't know. It was it's it's intriguing to mess around with that, and this is the first time I ever really like delved into it too much. Um, but I don't know. 
I thought that was an interesting perspective to try to get an understanding of what this game maybe means, seeing as how it doesn't have a prescribed meaning. Or if it does, the developers still haven't said anything about it. So if you're going to go into full blob mode tonight, uh, I please, I'm unemployed right now, please use the doors and uh, <laughs> open them all before going through. <laughs> no Kool-Aid man actions tonight. Well, but your house insurance would cover that, I would guess, right? Oh, yeah. Well, Unless yeah. that's considered an act of God. Act of blob, not quite the same. Yeah, almost the blob is God. Uh-huh. Now we have a new interpretation yeah. of Inside. Whole new in- interpretation. <laughs> so that was our discussion on Inside. Thank you so much for listening to this standalone segment of the Outside is Overrated podcast. We'll be back with a new show next month talking about Civilization 6. Until then, stay inside, kids. <laughs>